In episode 502 with Caitlin Kirahart, we are talking all about numerology, what it is, how to understand it and use it to your advantage to improve all areas of your life, plus so much more. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide and Comparisonitis. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited about this episode because we have not spoken about numerology on the show, and today we have an expert and we are doing a numerology 101. And for those of you that have never heard of Caitlin, she is a world-renowned numerologist, astrologer, and author with a long list of celebrity clients. She was discovered by Penguin Random House in 2019 and immediately offered a book deal, which is so awesome. And as predicted, her first book, You Are Cosmic Code, Essential Numerology, was extremely popular with millennials and took to the mainstream market by storm. Now, within a week of its publication, You Are a Cosmic Code became an international bestseller and not only sold in all of the best bookstores, but in general merchandise retailers like Target and Urban Outfitters too, which is pretty awesome. Now, she is regularly featured in major publications, and she's been interviewed on countless personal development podcasts alongside the likes of Gabby Bernstein. Now, although she reads for the stars, her mission is to make esoteric philosophies and practices like numerology, astrology, human design, the Mayan, and the 52 card deck as accessible as possible. And among other things, she has co-authored an oracle deck and she offers affordable personality talent and compatibility reports. And when she's not sharing her mystical gifts with the world, you can find her making music with her record label. And for everything that we mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 502. Now let's dive into this incredible conversation with Caitlin Kirahart. Caitlin, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? Oh man, I should have. I should have known you were going to ask this. <laughs> so right now, I've actually been doing the Sakara delivery service. It's so delicious. And so I had donuts, but they were like gluten-free, sugar-free. I don't know if you're familiar with their brand, but it's like healthy, natural. It was phenomenal. Oh my gosh. Yum. Yum. Yeah. <laughs> Two donuts. <laughs> yum. I love it. Well, they're the healthy kind of donut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like normally that would sound like, you know, like a super unhealthy meal, but I feel like because it's Saqqara, it's not that bad. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm so glad to have you here. I would love to hear a bit about your story and 
how you got into these esoteric philosophies and practices like numerology and astrology and human design, all things that I love and that I'm so fascinated with. Were you a little girl playing with crystals and angel cards? Like, how did this all unfold for you? So, yeah, like when I was a kid, I I think like most kids, I definitely was into like ghosts or like paranormal things or like, hey, mom, I'm talking to my imaginary friend. But then you kind of like learn to shut that down. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no, that's just playing. You need to grow up. But I was kind of into those sorts of things, but I was never into crystals or astrology as a kid. I did play with runes. I don't know if you're familiar. It's like Nordic kind of like seeing stones. So yeah, my Oma had those and I was so obsessed with them as a little girl. And when she passed, it was the only thing that I actually had wanted from her were these runes that had been passed down in the family. But um, yeah, I actually found my way to spirituality in the way that most people do through a really bad rock bottom. (laughs) And I was in this place of unhappiness, feeling depressed, feeling like nothing was kind of going my way and not having the answers and feeling like really out of control. Like, oh my God, like where am I going with my life? And I had had a a couple different things that had happened that really put me into like an even lower place. And, you know, my grandmother passed and I was signed to a record label and I was dropped. And it was like a really traumatic experience because something had happened with the singer that was very unexpected. And so there were like kind of like a series of events that, that put me in this place of depression and, um, I couldn't get out of it. Like I tried everything. Like I tried fitness and nutrition and hypnotists and therapy. And, you know, for a while I even tried like antidepressants and, and Adderall, those types of things. And it just, nothing was really bringing me there. And, um, I had a friend visiting New York at the time when I was living there and I was in this hole and I just, it's like, I lost myself. It was like, I was just becoming this negative person. I didn't want to be, and I didn't know how to get out. And she had told me that she had started seeing a Reiki healer. And that was kind of like really when I started to to become spiritual and like embracing some of these more esoteric practices, right? Like after she told me about Reiki, I thought it was all bullshit. But I was like, you know what? I've tried everything. So I went and I found a Reiki healer and it completely changed my my life. Like literally in an instant, my life changed. It's wild. And so I've kind of been on this path ever since. Wow. How old were you when that all unfolded? I think I was, because I was there at uni. So I was around 21. So, you know, this was a while ago. And um, yeah, I mean, it was so profound, I'm sure. I mean, I've listened to your podcast now. And so I know you've had tons of mystical experiences too. And it's so hard to even like put into words. So what happened after that? What was the next steps? Like what unfolded from there? So basically when I went to this Reiki healer and and just to give you like context, like I was in a place in my life where This is so crazy to say, but at the time I would have said I was atheist. Like I didn't believe in anything, period. So like this was such a 180 for me to go to this Reiki healer as like a last ditch effort and to suddenly have this profound experience and this experience that I had with her 
again, like this probably won't sound crazy to you, but I basically like had a past life regression on the table and it it blew me away because again, like at the time I I wasn't even believing in like a higher power. Like I I'd gotten to that point. And so once I had this past life regression, I was like, oh my God, I need to, I felt energy. I, I suddenly woke up. I was like in a totally different state of mind. And, and I just felt like that was my path of healing. So I started to kazoontite. <laughs> I, um, I started uh, studying under that Reiki healer. So every single week I would sit with her and we would sit from anywhere for five to eight hours a week. So again, I went from like, I don't believe in anything like cold, harsh world to like (laughs) sitting in ceremony with this woman. And I sat with her for months. And in that time, that's when I really expanded to energy healing and Reiki and meditation. And, you know, it was more like in that realm at first versus like astrology and numerology. And then I was just, I was obsessed with everything. Like I just wanted to gobble up everything I could that would help me kind of know myself better and live a better life. And so I like traveled around. I got Reiki certified in Japan and I studied with shamans in Costa Rica. And it was a a really wild kind of couple of years before I even found numerology. Wow. So we've had quite a few people come onto the podcast to talk about astrology and human design, but we've never had anyone talking about numerology. So what is numerology? Can you give us a numerology 101? Mm-hmm. You know, it's so funny you say that because I feel like numerology isn't as popular as astrology, but it's existed for as long as numbers have existed. So I'm not even sure why it hasn't like fully moved into the mainstream yet, but I think that it is. But basically, numerology is similar to astrology in that it's the study of numbers and how they impact our lives. And you base everything on your birthday, right? And your birthday and your name can tell you like who you are, what you're here to do, what your challenges are, your connections to different people, the energy at any given time. I mean, it's really limitless what numbers can tell you. So it's similar to astrology in that they kind of do the same thing, only astrology is using the planets and the cosmos to kind of reflect, whereas numerology is using numbers. And what I love so much about numerology is that, you know, we live in a numeric system. There's not a day that goes by in our lives where we are not dealing with numbers. I mean, even if you were to just, you know, completely like close your eyes and ignore everything. I mean, even like what we're doing right now, for us to even be online, that's coding, right? Like that had to exist for us to even be here. But again, it's so crazy when you start to work with numerology because it it really teaches you pattern recognition and just how cyclical as beings we are. It's mind-blowing. So how can we start to incorporate it into our life? So there's a lot of ways to incorporate numerology into your life. I mean, there's even such a thing as address numerology, which people really love. It's pretty crazy because for a long time, I didn't talk about numerology publicly because I was kind of like worried that I would come off as like this woo-woo chick. But 
you know, the more that I've shared online, the more people are like, whoa, this is so crazy. And they share their stories with me. And address numerology is one that I definitely encourage everyone to check out. It's like the energy of your home, right? So if you're like moving homes, that's something that you can definitely tap into. And like, what is it that you're wanting to call in? Like, if you want to call in a family, then you'd want to live in a home that's a six. If you're looking for something more entrepreneurial, you'd want to live in maybe an eight, right? But then there's also, you know, if you're going to just start off with something and you know nothing about numerology, I would say look to your life path and your personal year cycles because that will change your life. And that's the thing that's changed my life the most. So start there. But again, there's so many other nuanced things like, you know, stage names and address numerology and things like that. So where do we find this information? So I have a lot of information about this on my Instagram page, totally for free. So definitely check that out. And I have a book. You can obviously just like go Google it online. But the problem is there are a lot of miscalculations online. So I would never encourage people to kind of go that route. But you know, if you're listening to this and you're able to do math very quickly right now, if you want to know your life path number, which is kind of like your sun sign in astrology, it's the most important number. You're a life path five, by the way, which is all about freedom and change and adventure. I love the five. They're, they're the free spirit, right? Actually, Russell Brand is a life path five. Oh, wow. How did you find out my life path? How did I, how do you find that number out? Yeah. So you add your birth day, birth month, and birth year together. But here's the thing. You have to reduce each of those into a single digit, right? So you take your April. April 13th, is that right? Yes. Yeah. So April is a four. And then 13, you would reduce to a single digit. So that's one plus three. So that would be four. And the reason that we do that in numerology is because the single digit represents the purest form of that energy, right? So we're whittling it down because numerology deals with numbers one through nine. And then we take the birth year and your birth year adds up to a six. So then you would add four plus four plus six. And then that would be 14, which you then deduce down to a single digit again. And that would be five. Now, it kind of sounds like a lot if I'm saying it, but I promise you for anyone who's listening that if you see it written out, it's actually very, very simple. And what number does it go up to? So it's one through nine. And then we have something called master numbers in numerology, which are numbers 11, 22, and 33. Wow. Okay. And what do they tell you? So master numbers are very rare. To even have one within your numerological chart is not common. They basically mean that you're a very old soul with a specific mission here on this planet. I did send you a numerology report, so I'm not sure if maybe you saw an 11 or a 22 or maybe a 33 in there. But again, these are people who are here to impact the collective as a whole. They're known as our master teachers. Now, again, this does not mean that master numbers are better than the single digit numbers. Absolutely not. Because I think a lot of people think that when they hear master numbers, they go, oh my God, I wish I was a master number. I don't want to be a six. I want to be a 22. And I can promise you, no, you don't. (laughs) Uh, Master numbers tend to have a much harder path and they tend to be late bloomers. Again, because they're meant to be these master teachers. So they learn through um, a lot of challenging experiences that are can be really intense. But again, every life path, master number or not, has its own challenges and has its, you know, strengths. 
This is so fascinating. I absolutely love this. So talk to us about how numerology can support our relationships and our health and our career and all the different areas of our life. Oh, man. I mean, you know, one of the, my favorite things about numerology, especially when it comes to relationships, and this is something that has tremendously helped me, is that when you know someone's numerological code, right? When you know even just something as simple as their life path, you are able to accept them just as they are. So let's let's take you, for example, your life path five. Now, fives can get a lot of shit because they, they're here to really learn adaptability. And how do you learn adaptability? You learn that through change, right? So you're meant to like ride this cosmic wave of change throughout your lifetime. You're not meant to like be born and raised and stay in the same town. You're not meant to like have one career that you go to this nine to five job and you're just there your whole life. Like you're meant to constantly be evolving, constantly be changing. Like that's kind of the spice of life for you. But I meet a lot of fives who they're like, you know, no, like my, my parents don't get me because like, they think I should stay in this one job. And like, I don't want to, I want to try multiple things. I want to go do this. And I want to do that. And again, like the five is meant to do that. Right. And travel is actually super important to the five. It's known as the traveler's number. So again, like to someone who is maybe a four, which four is all about structure and routine and, you know, staying put and like doing what it takes to get the job done. It's very like worker energy, like Oprah's a four, right? So like very steady, stable, successful energy where the five is not like that. Like the five finds success through change. So when you know that it's like, you can accept someone, right? Whether that's in relationship or even accepting yourself. And really that's the thing that, that's what I'm so passionate about when it comes to numerology is that numerology was the gateway to me truly loving and accepting myself. Like all of these things that I thought like, why can't I just be like this? Why can't I just fit in this mold? And then when I discovered my, my numbers, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not meant to. Right. So I think there's a, a level of acceptance that comes with ourselves and others when you look at someone like, you know, like you, if someone who's a used to being in one place all the time, they look at you and maybe you're not, they're like, Melissa, why can't you just stay here? And but you're not meant to. Mm. And so again, it's like it sets people free. And, you know, when I was doing one-on-one sessions, I used to sometimes sit with couples. And it was incredible the transformations I would see when people would realize, oh my God, the thing that I'm so upset with my spouse for is actually their greatest gift. That's the beauty of numerology and astrology and human design, all of these incredible tools. They just allow us to get to know ourselves on such a deeper level. And I used to always like look at my husband and go, but why don't you just want to do one thing? Like, why do you have your fingers in 15 different pies? And he's got this business and then he's a musician and then he's an entrepreneur and then he, you know, doing this and this and this. And I'm like, just do one thing, like just go all in and write the book or create the music or whatever. And uh, then it was after I discovered his human design and I realized that he's a manifesting generator. And oh, yeah, that's his strength. That's his strength, totally. Yeah. So, you know, it's not about me trying to mold him into something that he's not. And I think when you have children, having this understanding is also so incredible because 
we want to support their gifts and their uniqueness and not try and squash them into a box that they're not meant to be squashed into. Oh my God. Yes. And actually, it's funny you bring that up. So numerology is just like my obsession and my passion. But the first time that anyone like offered to pay me for a session, which had never occurred to me, like (laughs) I was like, you're going to pay me? I would do this for free was this woman who was trying to determine the day she was going to have her C-section. So the first like, I don't know, 10 to 20 readings I did professionally were helping these women determine when they were going to have their babies and what their names were going to be. And it was such a, people have gone to numerologists for, I mean, forever for that reason, right? Not just the you know C-section, but determine the, the name of a baby, right? Because some names carry, you know, different karmic debts that maybe you don't want your baby to have to kind of like, you know, suffer through in this lifetime. And um, so that's another way that numerology can really help. But I, I totally agree with you that, you know, I wish that my parents had even had this information when I was a kid, you know, just because I think it helps you nurture in a totally different way. Absolutely. So talk to me about names holding different karmic debts. How do we know? Like where do we, how do we find that information out? Yeah. So names carry a resonance, right? There's an energy behind names. And and I don't know if you've noticed this within your own profession or career, or maybe your husband, because I know he's a musician. So maybe he's had like different stage names, but I've helped a lot of artists come up with stage names. And you can even play with this, anyone who's listening, like start like going by a nickname or trying a new name or anything like that. And you'll notice people react differently to you. And that's because the energy of the name, right? And it's not just like a woo-woo thing. It's like the actual sound vibrations. It's a frequency, right? So I know artists who tried for years under one name and then suddenly they change their name and they blow up, right? And I think a lot of that does have to do with this, right? And there are karmic debts that can be attached to names. And I have seen that happen too, where people are having a hard time finding success with one name and there is a heavy debt attached to it. Now, there is a fame debt. So sometimes that can help with success. But again, sometimes it can be challenging. The thing with karmic debt though, most people have it. So it's really nothing to freak out about, but there is no exact formula for determining karmic debt. You kind of have to calculate out your whole cosmic code. And then if you come upon 13, 14, 16, or 19, then you have a karmic debt. And I talk about this on my Instagram page for free. And you know, you can dive into what each of those mean. And if you're someone who's maybe not going to calculate out all their numbers or anything like that, you can always look up your life destiny and your life path number. And those numbers are the ones where if there's a karmic debt attached to them, then it's really prominent in your life. Whereas if a karmic debt shows up in, you know, let's say something called a balance number, which is how we deal with conflict, it's not as prominent. Mm, So fascinating. This is amazing. Can you tell us what each of the numbers life paths mean. So you said five mm-hmm. was, which is mine. Mm-hmm. That's about the free freedom. Spirit. Yeah, free spirit. Yeah. Can you talk us through all of them? Yeah. 
So there's there's the one life path. So that's the independent leader, the creative pioneer. So that's like Steve Jobs, Nikola Tesla, Martin Luther King Jr., Lady Gaga, Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, then there's twos, and that's the empath and the diplomat. That those are people like uh, Tony Robbins and who's the German guy that Oprah always has on. He's a really good example. Eckhart Tolle. Mm. Yes, him. There's Life Path 3, which is all about communication and self-expression. So these are the artists of the world. Usually a lot of famous musicians are threes like David Bowie, Katy Perry, Christina Aguilera. Then we have Life Path 4, which is the builder. I talked a little bit about that earlier. Those are like the Oprahs of the world. We've got five, which is the free spirit, the the you know change, all of that, the traveler. Russell Brand is one. Um, I'm trying to think of some other notable ones. You. <laughs> um, then we got the six, which is the nurturer, and that's you know Jessica Alba, Victoria Beckham are good examples of that. They're here to find a balance between like family and work life. Then we have seven, which is the philosopher and the seeker. So think Bruce Lee. And again, I like to give celebrities just for like context. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we have the eight, which is powerhouse. And eight is the only number that has to do with money and power, by the way. So these people are destined to build wealth. So that's, you know, Jane Fonda, Stevie Nicks, Elizabeth Taylor. Then we have Life Path Nine, which is the humanitarian. So Gandhi, Mother Teresa are nines. And then we have the master numbers. So Life Path 11 is the psychic. Then we have Life Path 22, which is the master builder. So these are people who are building something of like massive value on the planet. Like Paul McCartney is a 22. So is Richard Branson. And then we have Life Path 33. And this is the enlightened nurturer. And this is also what represents Christ consciousness. So these are very, very heart-centered people. Whenever I think of the 33, I actually think of Steve Irwin. Like growing up watching his show when I was a kid, he was so sweet. So yeah, those are all the the life path numbers. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's interesting you saying I am a five because, you know, about change and travel and adventure. And for the past two years, I have had zero change, zero travel and zero adventure. I've been in mum mode. And well, that's wow. change. You know, I guess well, that's what- change. But, Didn't you just have your daughter? Yeah, she's almost two. Wow. Yeah. So like you saying that change, like, I mean, sorry, travel, zero travel and no desire to travel, wow. zero. I have none. I just want to be grounded and earthed and in my home and, you know, feet firmly planted on the ground. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts about that. Mm. Well, you know, cha- I mean... Travel is important to all fives, but that doesn't mean you have to like always be traveling. I do know fives who literally live that nomad life, but then I know fives who like, they just like to take one vacation a year. Right. But I also want to say that like change, I think it's relative, right? Like what we think of change, we think of like really big changes in our lifetime. Like, oh my God, that rock bottom that I hit, or oh my God, I got married or two years ago I had a kid. But I think there are lots of subtle changes that are constantly kind of happening. Like for the five, you're kind of in this like alchemical process constantly. Like maybe you don't feel that a lot's changed, but I bet you're a completely different person right now than you were even like a month ago. And you know, of course, I don't know you personally, but I did see that you have that that new offering around Holy Mama, I think it's called. Yeah. Well, 
that's kind of a big change, right? Like having an offering for mothers, that's huge. Totally. Like I am a completely different human being since giving birth. Completely different human being on every level, every cell in my body, my beliefs, everything's been upgraded. So yes, there is change there. But I was just curious to hear your perspective on the whole travel thing because there has been zero travel in the past two years. Zero. Well, I think, you know, last year was actually a really big year of change for you. This year, 2023, is your year six in numerology. So six is a love year. Actually, the collective went through a year six in 2022, which is why we saw so many breakups, so many like people suddenly, like I knew so many people who either went through an unbelievable, oh my God, I never thought we were going to break up or sudden divorce. And then I saw just as many people getting into these relationships where where it was like zero to a hundred. I met this guy. Oh, we're living together. Oh, we're getting married. It's my soulmate, you know? So it's a huge year of love. And the thing about the six too, is that so much of the sixth year is also about the home. So I think for all of 2023, you're going to really, really want to be home and you're really going to want to be like nurturing, right? Because six is the nurturer. So you're going to want to be nurturing your daughter and nurturing your husband and nurturing yourself too. A lot of things come up in the six, especially around responsibilities. So you may think that you know like what your responsibilities are when a six year starts, but by the end of it, you're like, whoa, <laughs> that is not at all what I where I thought this was going. And yeah. just to give you reference, the last time you were in a year six was 2014. This is also nicknamed the marriage or divorce year. I'm, you know, I'm sure like- I got married. Know, I, I got married in 2014. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. So you either get married or divorced in the six years? So, Here's the thing. And like some people get really scared. So sometimes I don't like to like lead with that because people are like, oh my God, I'm going to get divorced. Here's the thing. If you're in alignment in a relationship, then it's going to bring you so much closer. Like you will probably fall so much more deeply in love with your husband this year. And especially like with your daughter and you're fostering and nurturing this new life together. But if you're not in alignment with someone, then this year will come in and it's like, it's, it's gotta go, right? The relationship's not working. It's gotta go. But, you know, there are a lot of people I see who, when that happens, they still do find love in a year six. And, you know, a really good example of this, and I know she won't mind me saying this because she's talked publicly about this, is Mel, our friend Mel Wells. Her and I met at the beginning of her last year six, and she was going through a breakup. And I told her, I was like, listen, girl, like, I don't mean to be insensitive, but... <laughs> I really, really think you're going to meet someone this year. And she was like, no, how could you say it? I was like, "Mm, no, you are. And I think it's going to be, and I was like giving her times and I'll never forget when she messaged me and she's like, oh my God, I think I met the guy. And now she's engaged with a baby, so happy. So again, like the year six is the marriage or divorce year, but even if there's a breakup, there still can be love. Absolutely. Totally. I have noticed that. I've noticed lots of... um quote unquote fast. And and I I was the same. You know, we got engaged after two weeks. We got married five months oh later. God. And that was That's such almost, a five move. Yeah. That was <laughs> almost 10 years ago now. You know Wait, when you met him though, were you just like, this is my fucking man. Yeah. Like, did you, how did you after two weeks were you in your own head going, I'm nuts. This is crazy. No. That, that must have 
you just knew? I just knew. So we had oh known each, we had known each other for about three years before we got together, but oh, we were okay. both in relationships and didn't know each other that well, but like just knew of him and I knew his partner and always thought he was a really good catch, but never, you know, allowed myself to think anything more than that. And we both found ourselves single and we were like kept on being put in the same room at events. And I was just drawn to him like a magnet. I wanted to talk to him. I wanted to hear everything. Like we would just always, you know, join together. Any, any moment we got, we just wanted to connect with each other and just go deeper into our conversations. And yeah, we just got together so quickly and he proposed to me after two weeks and then five and a half months later we were married. And yeah, this was in, we met in 2013. So, you know. That was your year five. Yeah. So that's change. Unexpected changes. Yes. And then we got married, you know, a few months later and, you know, there was no thought about it. There was no doubt in my mind. It was like the divine was just working through me and guiding me. And I was never once in my head questioning or doubting. It just felt so right. And same with him, you know? And and yeah, it's just been amazing. Yeah. I think that's kind of like the craziest part of the story is that it wasn't just you feeling it. He felt it too. For both of you to be on the same page of like, hey, it's only been two weeks, but we know for for him to be like, fuck it, I'm going to propose. That is just my, but you're still here, you know? Like, so I'm sure lots of people in the beginning were like, y'all are crazy. Maybe you should wait. And you're like, why? Let's just, love is love. Let's go. Totally. (laughs) And people had said to me, when you know, you know. And I was like, whatever, that is the biggest load of BS because I'd never experienced it before. And then I I experienced it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what they're talking about. I know he is my one. Like he is my life partner. I know with every fiber in my being, every cell in my body, he is my one. And we've been through so much together and we continue to grow and evolve and upgrade and we will be forever doing that. And we're so deeply committed to our own work and the work of our relationship because there's there's me, there's him, and then there's us. So there's three entities that are involved in our equation and they all need work. They all need love. They all need attention. And so we do our own work. We do our work on our relationship and that's a priority for us. And I know for some people, it's easy to put the kids in front of everything else. It's easy to put mm. work and everything else in front of their relationship. But even after 10 years, like we still go on dates. We still make us a priority because if the relationship isn't thriving, the whole family unit will fall apart. We are the glue. Our love is the glue that binds our whole family together. Wow. That's what an incredible story. That is so cool. Also, as you were telling me the story and I was thinking about your love and you're in your love year, I do want to also give you a heads up that a lot of people do conceive sometimes in a six year. And so if that's not something that you're wanting. <laughs> oh, I careful. am. I'm wanting that. 
Oh, well then perfect. Cause you probably will get pregnant this year. Definitely probably by September, if that's something you're actively trying or around September, if you're not actively trying, just giving you a heads up girl, just in case a surprise happens. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. Numerology, it is fascinating. How can we learn more about it? How can we dive deeper so that we can understand more about ourselves and our partners and our family? Well, there's so many, so many ways to dive deeper. I would say, again, if you're like, oh my God, this is so cool. I'm interested in numerology. Definitely go on my Instagram because there's so so many posts on there that you can just scroll through, calculate everything, descriptions on all the personal year cycles and the life destiny and the life path and the soul urge and address numerology and, and all kinds of things. And I also have numerology reports, which I'm, I think I sent you one. And again, if you do go through your numerology report and you see a 13 14, 16 or 19, that's the karmic debt, right? Because some people are like, how come the numbers are how come those numbers are listed and not deduced? And that's why. So definitely check out those resources. I also have a course that I just launched called Numerology 101, where you go into like, I mean, it's very, very deep, deeply involved, like everything that you would really need to know to decode yourself and your loved ones. And I also have a book too. So there's, you know, I, again, those are the resources I would definitely start with. So go on Instagram and if, you, if you're feeling the numerology bug, and want to dive deeper, then again, check out those other offerings. Oh my gosh. We'll link to all of that in the show notes, your book, your programs, your Instagram, everything. It sounds incredible. I personally really want to dive deeper. So I think I'm going to do your course. It sounds amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I took a long time creating that. Like I really wanted to figure out like, what is it that's going to really change people's lives? And I really think again, that life path, life destiny, personal year cycles, especially when you start to chart your personal year cycles. Like I said, me telling you, hey, you're in your love year this year. And the last time you were in your love year was 2014. That gave you reference to, oh, okay, that's what this year is in store. And I guarantee if you go back to 2014 and you start tracking that, you'll start to see like, whoa, similar things are happening back then that are happening now, even though obviously they're different because now you're married and you know, you're know you a new person, you're a more evolved person. But again, the tracking the year cycles is, is truly what changed my life. I mean, it, it's, I went from basically not having a home, being totally broke and having like nothing to like a thriving businesswoman, best-selling author with a Penguin Random House book, like all of that, just from following my year cycles. Like I wasn't even trying. I just was like, cool, I'm just going to sync up with this and see what happens and follow my joy. And it's incredible what you can manifest when you do that. And the people who have signed up for my course or, you know, even people who follow on Instagram, who just, you know, read on there, the stories that I receive every day from people who follow the personal year cycles, it's, you you can manifest anything. It's like, I, again, I know everyone kind of has their like manifest with me kind of vibe, but these cycles are so on point. It's like, honestly, a little scary sometimes. Wow. This is incredible. I love it so much. It's so awesome. And we all have access to it, which is great. Mm -hmm. Totally. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm going to link to everything in the show notes. What else do we need to know? What are some other basic tips or tricks that we need to know when it comes to numerology? Hmm. 
I think a really big thing that we kind of haven't touched on is that a lot of people are brought to numerology because they see repeating numbers. And what I find so fascinating about that, and I was just, I was just discussing this with my boyfriend the other day, who's like kind of dipping his toes in the water with these things, but you know how like guys can be, right? And we were discussing how like we don't know anyone, whether they consider themselves spiritual or not, who who doesn't have that, where they're like, oh my God, I always see 444. Or, oh my God, I always see this one repeating number, which I think is so cool. And again, that's kind of what brings people to numerology. And the thing is, you know, I think if you're going to start somewhere, it'd be really good to inform yourself of like the energy that the numbers mean one through nine so that when you're seeing repeating numbers, you can interpret them correctly. And I see repeating numbers as like energetic messages from your guides, from the universe, subconscious, whatever you want to believe in or whatever you do believe in, like these are messages that are guiding us. And when you can tap into what these repeating numbers are, that's also very life-changing. And that's something that can like, you know, you can do right now that can change your life. And, um, you know, I even go as far as, as sometimes like sending emails at specific times because I want a specific energy attached to the email. And like, even my boyfriend does that now. He's like, Hey, I want to, I'm going to send this to a client. What do you think? And I'm like, okay, send it at 444. No, send it at 409, you know? And I think like, that's a really cool place for anyone who wants to start to kind of dive a little deeper and like use that as support. So what does it mean when we see 111 and 444 and 555? So these are what I call repeating numbers. I know some people call them angel numbers. I don't actually know where the term angel numbers came from. But just so you know, if you are to Google like angel numbers, there's a lot of things that are like completely made up online, which kind of drive me nuts. Because for me, I'm like, hey, if you really want to know the message that's being communicated to you, you should know that through the lens of numerology, right? So I just want to encourage everyone to not just like 444 angel number because it, it's going to probably tell you something totally different, right? And you see this online a lot where people will say like 555, money's coming soon. Well, if you're getting the wrong message, that's a problem, right? The universe is trying to speak to you. And you know the only number that has to do with money is an eight, right? So again, it's important for us to kind of like educate ourselves on those numbers. But again, they're when you see it repeated three times, it's an amplification of that number, right? So one, for example, one is creativity. One is the only number that has to do with the self. It's about new beginnings. So if you're seeing one, 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 then a lot of times that means there's a new beginning near, there's some creative project that's trying to reach you. There could be like a more focus on self-care. Another like pro tip that I would give is if you know your numerological code, then you really know the numbers that are what they're sending you, right? So there's the generic way, but then there's also, for example, if you're seeing 555, well, that's your life path number. Now you know that. So when you see that number, you know, to an average person who maybe doesn't have a life path five, that could mean change. Oh, change is coming. Or for you, it could be, hey, Melissa, remember who you are. You're a five. Like, remember your life path, right? And I think that's really powerful. Like I see 444 all the time. And four is my balance number. So when I see it, I'm like, oh shit, I'm not in balance right now. (laughs) I'm like working too hard or, you know, maybe I'm not working enough or whatever, right? I'm imbalanced. So I think, again, 
every single number has a message that's generic, but then if you want to get really specific when you know your own code, then it gets real spicy. Then you're like interpreting messages constantly. Mm, I love this so much. So tell me what your definition of success is and what do you attribute your success to? It's so interesting that you ask that because I think I've gone through a really big life change the past few months. I have been like dealing with some health issues and I was pretty much like bedridden for like three months. It's been like the craziest thing of my life. Like I only am now like starting to feel a little bit better, but still not a hundred percent. And I feel like if you had asked me this question, like a year ago or like six months ago, I might've been like success is I'm successful as soon as I put the work out and I'm following my passion and my joy and da, 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 da. And now I'm like, success is, is happiness and health. And again, it's like, it's so simple. And I used to really attach a lot of meaning to like monetary gains or like, especially cause I was like broke for a really long time. And I, I was only, I was a musician for a while too. So, I mean, I'm sure your, your husband probably maybe went through that for a little bit as well. It can be a really challenging path and it can mess with your self-esteem. So for a long time, like, I think my success was like certain hitting certain numbers, whether that's like financial or like, you know, Spotify plays or YouTube play, whatever. And now like none of that really matters to me because I realized that like, it doesn't matter how much quote unquote success or money you have if you do not have your health and like a really strong foundation within your actual physical body. So in this season of my life, I would say success is health. <laughs> it's just taking care of myself, like mind, body, soul, and um, and following my happiness and joy. Like I, I just came out of a year eight, and that's the money and power year. And a lot of people come out of that really burnt out. A lot of people do get sick in eight. I should have known. And I think... I, I let a lot of things go that didn't make me happy, you know? And finally, I'm just like, you know what? My happiness is so much more important and I'm not going to pursue things just because I think it's what I should be doing. Absolutely. Let's delete the word should from our vocabulary. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. But you get, you don't even realize that you get caught up in that, right? Like it's so funny because even if you're, you know, people like you or, or myself really dedicated to growth and like really working on ourselves consciously all the time. It, you still get caught up in these things where I'm like, oh my God, I look back and I'm like, why did I do that? When I was so tired and so exhausted, why did I say yes to that? You know? And, and now I feel like I'm coming from a place instead of like scarcity or lack, which I, it wasn't an intentional thing, right? It was like that people pleaser, be a good girl that I'm always as women, we always have to purge ourselves of. But um, now I'm just like, I only say yes to things when I have the energy, when I have the health and the vitality and the life force. And it's a fuck yes, absolutely. Otherwise, you know what I mean? And I used to get caught up in like, if I don't say yes to this, like my business could be gone tomorrow. And again, it's, it's just such, it's faulty thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Totally, totally. Old programming that we can delete and replace with some new upgraded beliefs. Exactly. And that's that's really what I feel that I part of my like health journey has been was to kind of like see that programming that you know it 
it's not very often in our lives that like everything has to stop, you know, for like so, so much time. And it it was very jarring and very humbling. And I think a, a big part of that, again, was just like being able to sit with myself in a new way and be like, okay, it's time to let those things go. And of course, now at 2023, I'm in my year nine, which is a year of completions, letting go, death and endings. So it's all <laughs> divinely guided by numerology, right? Of course, always. Wow. I love this. Now, what's bringing you the most joy in your life right now? Well, I just got cleared by my doctors to exercise for the first time in months. And the fact that I, like, I used to see exercise as a chore, like, oh God, I'm going to go to the gym because like, I need to be in good shape and da, 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 da. And now I'm just like over the moon. I'm like, I get to go to the gym. Yay. You know? So I think like really just being in my body. So simple things like going to the gym are just bring me so much joy right now. I know that's kind of like a strange answer, but again, it was just something that I kind of always took for granted that I even could work out because again, for like months, I, I, all I could do was lie in my bed or sit on my couch and it was, it sucked to not be able to move your body. So just that movement, I'm so grateful for it. Like even just like waking up and not being in pain, I'm just like, wow. Like, I am so fucking lucky. Like, I woke up this morning, there's no pain in my body. I can move. Like, it's the, it's the simplest thing. But when you don't have that, then you really realize that it is everything. Mm. Health is everything. It is absolutely mm -hmm. everything. And often, it's when it's taken away from us. We're like, oh, we're so grateful for it. We want it back. We want yeah. it back. But it's like every day I say, I'm so grateful for my health. Every single day. I love how much energy I have. I love feeling good. I love this feeling. I'm so grateful. So express what you're grateful for now. Don't wait until it's taken away from you. Express now. But did you end up finding out what was wrong or what was going on for you? Yeah. It's like, well, I almost died from this like I had a failed root canal, which it, literally in the middle of the night, my like tooth exploded. I know that sounds crazy. It literally split into three. So like one morning I'm fine. At night, I wake up at three and I'm like, something is wrong. And I had to have a surgery and like the infection was so strong, it ate the bone in my face, which I didn't know an infection could do. And it actually, after I had the surgery, I felt a little bit better, but I kept getting sick until I got way too sick. And so a lot of that was that the infection had gotten into my bone and into my bloodstream and attacked my lungs, kidney and liver. Yeah, it was it. So it caught it wreaked absolute havoc on my system. There's so 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 many things. Um, and again, it was like a typical journey of, of course, they knew what was wrong with my tooth immediately. But then um, there was a couple of months where like, I kept going back to the doctors being like, I really don't feel well. Something's not right. And they kept being like, oh, your scans are fine. Everything's fine. And then I got horrible bronchitis in October that wouldn't go away. And that's when I found the doctor that I have now who was able to run scans on me and was like, whoa. <laughs> wow, babe. Yeah, she, 
the first thing she said, she was like, do you want to die? I was like, what do you mean do I want to die? And I was kind of scared because in astrology, I had a death transit coming up and I had told my best friend who's an astrologer, I was like, girl, I think I might die in like January. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm like, I think that I'm going to. And so I was already in this weird place of like contemplation. And then, yeah, I mean, it, it was really gnarly though, like constant pain throughout my entire body. I mean, it, I'm, I'm in pain today, but you know, this past week was like the best it's ever been. And yeah, I'm feeling really hopeful. How do you detox the infection out of your blood? Where did you even begin? Oh my God. Well, <sighs> I didn't know this could happen. I don't know. It's going to really gross people out, but you can actually have mold grow in your body, inside your body. So I had mold that was attacking and then parasites. And then on top of that, this infection. So that was kind of like the doctor I have. She's incredible. Her name's Nancy Rizzo. And um, she created this incredible like scan system. I think it's called like Health E-Circus or something. It's like FDA approved. And she is a Western doctor, but also homeopathic. So she believes in both, but I couldn't take Western medicine because like my kidney was so messed up. She's like, we can't give you that. So I had to do this like more homeopathic route, completely change my diet, like couldn't exercise, couldn't do anything. I cut out caffeine, which was actually like, (laughs) I've been drinking coffee every day since I was 14. So to cut that out was it was interesting, but now I actually feel a lot better, which is weird, right? Because I actually have more energy not having coffee in my life. So to anyone who's like considering it, try it out. But yeah, it's just been months of different protocols and going to the doctors and scans and going to this acupuncturist and going here. And yeah, everything had to stop. Everything had to stop. Like I just it, it's crazy how much changed, but I'm, I'm again, I'm just every day I, I feel grateful now. And it's, I know I've never had any sort of health issues like that before. I've never been sick long-term and I feel like you almost can't even fully empathize unless you've gone through that. Totally. Babe. Wow. That's huge. That is so huge. And I'm so glad you're out the other side. So glad. But I'd love to hear, what are you working on right now within yourself or what would you like to improve at the moment? Mm. Well, right now, because again, like my whole life just stopped and it really made me kind of look at like, what am I doing that's actually aligned? And I think my biggest like thing that I'm focused on now is just happiness and flow. And I'm not like pushing things anymore. That was something I I wrote recently, I think in like an Instagram post where I'm like, you know, you could be like banging on doors and if they're not opening, like it's maybe not your door. You know, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, I think I'm in this new stage of my life where I'm just like, this sounds fun. I'm going to do it. Like I'm doing a um, masterclass tomorrow and I've never done like a live masterclass before. And it was just a random idea I had like two weeks ago. I was like, I'm really passionate about the personal year cycles fuck it. I should do a masterclass. And now I'm doing that. And it's kind of like, I think right now that's kind of the season I'm in because I can't even take that much on still because my health has to be my number one. So yeah, just focusing on like feeling really good in my body. Like it's so funny because 
my intentions for this year. In the past, all my intentions would be like, okay, I want to make this much in my business and I want to go to this place and I want to, I don't know, you know, like material things or, or accolades or whatever. Right. And this year, everything I wrote down for my intentions was all around happiness and feeling good. Like I want to be surrounded by people that I love and support a community because I just moved to a new place. And, you know, I I just want to feel like every day I, I don't feel like I'm working. I feel like I'm just purpose driven and fueled and I'm healthy and I'm like, my healthiest looking and healthiest feeling. I'm the most beautiful version of myself inside and out. Like, again, like it's so funny when you get to that point. Mm, Yes, absolutely. Let's pretend now that you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum besides your book, which absolutely Mm -hmm. should be in the curriculum. What is one book you would choose? You know what? It's so funny you ask that. When you reached out to me to come on the podcast, I wasn't familiar with your podcast. And so I remember I was driving from North Carolina to Nashville. So that's like a four and a half, five hour drive. And I just like binged a ton of your your episodes. And one of them was so profound that I went and bought the book immediately and it became one of my favorite books. And I would say that it's Conversations with God. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that episode blew my mind. Okay, anyone listening, please go listen to Melissa's episode with, what's his name? Neil Donald Walsh. Neil? And that yes. book was one of the biggest books that's changed my life as well. I read it many years ago and it is such an incredible episode and such an amazing book. And yeah, even if you don't necessarily resonate with the word God, you can change the word to whatever you believe in. But it is a life-changing book. So, oh, I'm so glad it that really you love that. But many guests have recommended that book. So it is a goodie. Yeah. No, I found it through you. And then I recommended it to like all my friends. And every single person who picked it up was like, whoa. And then if I had a second option, The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. I don't know if you've read that one. Yep. So good. Oh, phenomenal. Phen- I actually like gobbled it up years ago when I needed it and then recently rediscovered it. And I was like, oh, this book is so good. It is so good. It's so good. Yes, I'm glad you recommended that too. I'll link to both of those in the show notes. Now, talk us through how your day looks. I love hearing about people's routines and rituals. Talk us through a quote unquote typical day in your life. What time you get up, Uh, what you eat, when you work, all of those things. So again, my routine is so different now than it used to be because I am having to radically prioritize rest and my health. But um, I wake up usually around like 8 a.m. And then I make my hot lemon water I sit, I sip it. It's kind of like a meditative experience. And again, like that's like my replacement from my coffee ritual, which was like my thing for a long time. So I do my hot lemon water. um, I hydrate, I rest a little bit while I'm doing that. I stretch. um, Then I have my breakfast and I usually like to read too as well, whether I'm like reading a book or uh, reading just really relaxes me and I like to do it in the morning. I think it's because Growing up, my parents would always read newspapers at breakfast. I know that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> but I usually, 
read newspapers. I'll check my emails. I'll kind of like write out like what are my priorities for the day. And then I always go on a walk to wake up my brain. So I'll go on a walk, get some fresh air and some sunshine, come back. Usually that's when I'll do a little bit of work, like a couple hours, um, again, depending on where my health's at. And then I usually do some form of movement, again, depending on where I'm at, whether it's going to the gym or yoga. And then I usually will make myself dinner. (laughs) I see my boyfriend at night. It's a very simple life I'm living right now. It's not very exciting. It's really just kind of like movement, making sure I'm eating good food, taking all the medicine I have to take, doing a little bit of work and seeing the people I love, which I guess like when you think about it, is there really anything more, right? Totally. I've like really fallen in love with simplicity, to be honest, over the course of these few months. Yeah. Mm, Absolutely. Me too. It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I've got three rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) What is one thing that we can do today for our health? Oh my goodness. For your health? Oh God, nothing's coming to mind straight away. I would say get into sunshine. Yeah. I thought you were going to say quick coffee. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the thing is, I understand the addiction to it. I really do. And maybe one day I'll drink coffee again. But here's a fun fact. I'm sure you know, but a lot of people don't. Coffee has mold in it. That's why I can't drink it. And that's, it's so funny how many people don't know that. And I actually knew that when I was drinking it. I just loved it. Mm-hmm. You can get mold tested coffee. I know that some, there's not many brands that do it, but there are some brands that are mold tested and are free of cough, uh, are free of mold, but not many of them are. And not many of yeah. them do the testing because it is yeah. e- expensive. But yeah, coffee is mold forming. Yeah, exactly. And also there are a lot of companies, just in case people don't know, out there that say that their coffee does not have mold, but they can't actually like show any data. And if you see that, then they're probably full of it. So just FYI. Yeah. There's so many substitutes that you can take now. There's so many like incredible, delicious medicinal mushroom drinks that... Yeah, that's what I do now. Yeah, that taste like coffee. You know, Four Sigmatic has so many amazing different concoctions. There's so many out there that are delicious that still have that same coffee taste and feeling. Mm. So quit the coffee and jump on the healthier bandwagon. (laughs) Join us. Join us, exactly. All right, Beauty, what is one thing that we can do today for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Oh, yeah. Okay. Follow your personal year cycles. Yes. I love that. Like, I I can't stress that enough. For example, you're in a year of love, right? So this is such a great year. It's actually very magnetic in career as well. But this is a good year for you to be focusing on nurturing and family and deepening the love with the people in your life. But let's say you were in this year, but you're like, this is my money year. You would be like missing that opportunity for love. Whereas if you're coming up on a money year, you've got to go for it. Like people, I've seen people quadruple their income in a money year, like crazy, incredible things happen. And again, it's riding those waves. So yes, personal year cycle will definitely help you manifest in career and wealth. I have done it for myself. I've helped clients do it like hands down. Yes. I love it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. We're going to link to your free masterclass as well so people can join that. 
But last mm-hmm. rapid fire, what is one thing that we can do for more love in our life? I think as cliched as it is, all love starts with self-love. And so I would say the more that you can love on yourself and treat yourself as your own best friend, as your own lover, the more that you just like amplify all your relationships in your life, even something as simple as like taking yourself out on a date or just, again, treating yourself right. I think that's what magnetizes even more love. Absolutely. Totally agree. This has been amazing. I have loved this conversation so far. I want to talk to you for another 15 hours, but is there anything else that you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom or anything that you wanted to talk about? Um, no, I guess I just wanted to acknowledge like how positive of a presence you have. (laughs) I want to acknowledge you for having me on and for just like, there's such like a cheeriness about you. (laughs) Like you're such a warm, cheery person. And I just like super appreciate you and the work that you do in this, in this world. And again, like when I was binging your podcast, like, God, I just feel like we're drowning in content and so much of it doesn't feel like it's heart centered or it's done from a place of like, authenticity. But when I listened to your podcast, I really felt like it was just very genuine and very real. And I really, really appreciated it. And again, you led me to one of my favorite books now, which is honestly life-changing. So I guess that's the last thing I would have to say was just thank you for having me on it. And thank you for sharing like such beautiful, warm, positive energy. This has been like one of the easiest podcasts for me to be on. Oh, thank you so much, babe. That is so sweet. And in an ideal world, I would have you over to my house and we would sit and have tea and record this. (laughs) But when I work on my time machine to be able to like transport people to my home, you will be the first to be there. And Sophie. Yeah. And Sophie. Oh my gosh. Sophie Joffy, I'm taking you with me. Oh my gosh. Like that is something that I would love to be able to do is just, just, to pick up all of my favorite people that live all over the world and just transport them to my home for a lunch or a tea and then they can go back to their home. But I just would love that so much. But maybe I just need to travel more because that's definitely something that is important to me. But, you know, since having a babe, it's uh, definitely shifted. Well, this year is not for traveling. This year is, again, this is your year six. And then after this year, you'll go into a seven, which is a deeply, deeply spiritual year. The last time you were in a seven was 2015, by the way. Spiritual awakening. Wow. <gasps> That's when my best friend died. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure that was a deeply spiritual year of just total surrender. Yeah. Yes. Huge, huge year. Oh my gosh, this is just so fascinating, babe. I love this. You have really inspired me to want to dive deeper into numerology. I want to thank you for all of the incredible work that you do in the world, all of your amazing offerings that you have, your program, your masterclass, your books, your music, everything that you do. I've absolutely loved hearing from you. And I'm so grateful that you're out there helping so many people and serving so many people. So how can I give back and serve you today? Wow. Uh, I guess, just, I mean, just having me on here and having this conversation, especially again, like 
because I've been, I was so sick for so long and I, I just am kind of turning the corner. It's like, I appreciate these types of like interactions so much more. Like I feel like it's like, I really feel how finite time is now. And I just appreciate like the richness of life. So just being on here and ha- being able to speak to your audience about numerology and hopefully, you know, some people listening want to go look it up and suddenly people are learning more about themselves and maybe go through the journey that I went through, which was again, like numerology brought me into this place of love and self-acceptance and total flow with the universe and recognizing my patterns and, and actually being able to manifest like this life that I really love and cherish. And I, I guess, again, just having me on, just having your presence be so positive and uplifting and Again, hopefully people enjoy this and and discover their numerology and it helps them too. Thank you so much, babe. You are such a light in the world and I'm so glad that you are back and out and your health has improved and you're just out there creating such magic and sharing so much with the world. You are such a light beam and I am so grateful that we have been able to connect and have this time together and just want to honor you for all of the work that you're doing. You're amazing. So thank you for being here. Thanks. Thank you for having me. I feel so inspired to dive deeper into numerology and I want to get Nick's and Bambi's report and dive so much deeper. I'm going to definitely be doing her numerology course because I want to understand this on such a deeper level. I am so excited about this. And if you loved today's conversation and got a lot out of it, please subscribe to the show and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that all of my episodes will just pop up in your feed so that you don't have to go searching for a new episode. Now, please come and connect with me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me what you thought and what you got out of this episode. I would love to hear from you. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.